Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Go to Romans 8, 24. How about last week? Last week was good. Did you like that? He's sympathetic with you. Did you know that? He's sympathetic with you. You know God's sympathetic? That means he's, he's okay with your human frailty. Ain't that good to know? You don't always have to be strong. He said he'll be, you'll be, he'll be strong with you, but you got to lean on him. You know what I mean? You got to invite him in. We spend too long pushing through life without asking him to come on in. Just invite him. Come on in and say, hey, help me. And don't, don't ever let your weakness become a downfall. Everybody's weak. They just ain't telling you. And the areas where you're weak, let him come on in. Let him come on in, man. Invite him. You got to invite him. No, he's a guest. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that. If I go to your house, I don't just like roam around. I roamed around Jerry's house the other day. <laughs> I was like, what do you got up here, Jerry? <laughs> but I, if he didn't invite me in, I can't just go roaming around. You know what I'm saying? But if you invite me in, I'm going to roam around. Don't let me in the door. Ain't that, like, ain't that like people that come over? If I come over your house, I'm going to roam around a little bit. I ain't just, hey, I ain't going to go like in your closet. Well, maybe I will if I think you got something in there you might want to give me or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> come on, man. We got the same shoe size? Praise be to God. Let's see what you got in there. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. Are you getting this? You got to invite somebody in. If you don't invite them in, they can't come in. You got the Holy Ghost. Well, why don't he just do it? He's not a doer. He's the helper. Did you invite him in? Invite him into your marriage. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't do that. Invite him into your relationships. Invite him in. You got to invite him. He ain't coming in. You got to open the door. Let him in. How do I do that? With the words of your mouth? You got to invite him. When's the last time you invited him into your mind? You mind dealing all day long. Got yourself in a bad attitude. Got a bad frame of mind. You either worried or mad or angry. All jacked up. And you over there figuring it out on your own. Why don't you invite him in? Why do we refuse to invite God into negative situations and circumstances when he is designed to be your helper? Let him in. Like, I'm freaking out, God. (laughs) I don't know how you guys got Listen, if I can go to heaven, trust me, anybody can get in there. Because I'm like straight up with God. Like, what have you been doing all day? Yeah, I tell him, you don't talk like that? I do. What's he going to do? Send lightning from heaven? I, I'm already dead. Where you, I'm going to be serious. What have you been doing all day? God, fix this mess. Get real. He already knows your heart. You're over there trying to figure it out. Hey, God, what's up with this mess? Why don't you do something about this? Are these ding-dong relatives you gave me? My God in heaven. No, some of you know what I'm saying. I'm not talking person. You going through stuff? How about kids? Oh, my God. Right? You're like, if you're working on that, yeah, beats me. Life. Your job. What about your career? What about this? When's the last time you invited them in? I'm, why am I carrying care? You are not designed to carry care. You're not designed to carry worry. Come on to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
You ain't got rest because you're carrying cares. You should have gave them to him. Stop carrying it. Well, because uh, uh, we've been brainwashed by society that if you don't care, if you cared, and look, bro, you ever see, leave somebody's presence, they're like, take care. I'm like, nah. <laughs> Sorry. When anybody says to me, take care, I, I, my head goes, nope. I ain't taking no care. You want to take care, you take care. I said, see you later. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Don't take no care. Why are you taking care? Cast your care. You can't do nothing about it. Give it to God. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I'm trying to help you. You can't. You're mind dealing all day long. Come on. Give it to God. God, come on. He's he's here for. Look what it says in the word. Look what it says. Look at this. Pop that up there. For we are saved. What? By hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? See, if you got hope, you can't see it. That's why you need faith and trust. That's what he's saying. You ever do that? Like, I prayed and I cast my care, but I don't see nothing happening. Well, guess what? That's why, because faith's working. See what I'm saying? Well, I want to see it. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> you don't get to do it by seeing it. You got to trust it. What hope do you have? You, don't, you hope for it means it's going to change. Look what it says. But if we hope for what we see not, then we got to wait for it with patience. Oh, there you go. The wonderful fruit of patience. Yay. Most miserable fruit there is. Patience. Jesus, good God. Why do you have to put that in the Bible? Oh, yay, patience. Right? Right? Isn't patience miserable? Oh, great. Now we get to wait. Yay. This is awesome. Come on. But what is he saying? Faith and patience work together, providing what? Promises. So he's telling you already, you're going to have to have some patience, man. Because patience develops your character. And he wants to know you're firmly persuaded. This is all part of the package, because how many of you know, I need change. Watch this, 26. Likewise, this is big. Likewise, also, what? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit helps my infirmities. That's what you got to realize. Now, your infirmities are weaknesses. They're not sicknesses. So who came to help where I'm weak? The Holy Spirit. So write that down. Number one point you got to remember, he's been assigned to my weaknesses. But you got to invite him in. You know what I'm saying? So next time you're weak, I think Christianity is like, well, I shouldn't be weak. I shouldn't be hurt. I shouldn't be sorrowful. I shouldn't. Yeah, it's okay, guys. Let him in, man. Because, you know, I'm telling you, I love TV preachers. We're going to go on TV. We need to. We're going to go help the world. We're going to do it. They're looking now. They're going to find it. We're going to get it. We're going to get it done. We'll build a budget, and we'll just ball it out and do it. Because how many of you know you need me on in your house? This is going to be great. All right. Can you imagine this? Wow. Check this out. But we've got to help people. So remember this. Here's the thing with that, though. You, you, this, this is the whole thing. What, I, what I'm talking about here is, we, you know, when you watch this stuff on TV, everything's great. Everything's great. And you feel like not everything's great for you. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. Everybody ain't telling everything they need to tell. It ain't always great. It ain't always working. It ain't always looking good. No, nobody's got a perfect marriage. Nobody's got perfect kids. Nobody lives in a perfect world. Nobody's got a perfect nothing. And all the people telling you everything's perfect are lying. Ain't nothing perfect. You learn how to live in weakness. You learn how to live in challenges. 
And you learn how to live by holding on to faith and hanging on to the confession of the word of God. And even when it don't look like it's working, it'll work. You just got to hang in there in patience and know he'll come through. And guess what? It might not end up the way you thought it was going to end up, but trust you this, you're going to be all right in the end. Ain't that good news? Because I you know you've been through some stuff and it didn't work out the way you thought it was, but my God in heaven, it worked out, didn't it now? Come on, right? Can I get an amen? You know? Like, it's like, well, they, it's like, what well, it's like the Jesus, right? Well, you didn't tell, you didn't tell me it was going to, he didn't say it wasn't going to die. He just said it won't end in death. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? You're going to win. Okay. That's important. Look what it says. Look at the word of God. He helps my weaknesses, infirmities or weaknesses. And watch this. For we don't know what we should pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us, which groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now stay there for a minute. That's where the tongues kicks in. Now, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks because you got to go slow. That's when the helper comes in with the mystery of tongues. Why? Because you don't know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. He knows what to pray. And if you got in the way, you wouldn't probably pray it. So you mess it up. So you flip the switch and pray what he's telling you to pray. He's leading you. But before we even get there, know this. Why do I got the Holy Ghost for my weaknesses? This is so good. So last week, he's sympathizing with me because he's the comforter. This week, he's coming alongside of me because he's the helper. This is why God said it was good for you to go. Jesus said, it's good for me to go because I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. He's going to comfort you and help you. Man, that's good news, ain't it? How many know, How many need help? I need a helper, don't you? Look what he said. So we don't know how to pray, but he's going to give us words to pray. Okay? Now, when the Holy Spirit kicks in, right, with groanings. Now, see, how does that make any sense? That don't make no sense to a natural-minded man. What you mean groanings? Like, what are we going to do? No, he has to talk about tongues. See what I'm saying? Now, you can't get around the word of God. This is what I'm saying. I know you guys know this, but you need to see this because this is what produces validation of truth in your life. So when you're sitting in there, you know, wailing in tongues and you, like, get them groans and utterances coming up out of you, what, make, what sense does that make? It makes no sense to a natural-minded man. It's a spiritually-minded person that's understanding this. But here's your scriptural proof. This makes sense. He makes what for me? Intercession. What does that mean? Somebody praying on your behalf. If I interceded for Keith, that means I'm praying for Keith, and Keith don't know it, but Keith's there, and I'm in the middle between Keith, me, interceding it to God on his behalf. Are you seeing this? The Holy Spirit takes this spot. He goes, hey, here's what Keith needs, because Keith don't know, because he got it from God, and then he tells Keith, hey, let me flow through you. Just yield. He yields, and he prayed. Oh, bam. He's giving him utterance. Why? Because you need these prayers. Because God needs to lead you and guide you. That's why I stop looking for wisdom of understanding with praying in tongues and just pick up the, the obedience of doing it. Amen. You understand that? Stop waiting to get the wisdom of understanding there. Well, I don't understand. Nobody understands. Paul the apostle didn't understand. Jesus didn't understand. You don't understand what you're saying. Don't make no sense. It's crazy. Do it anyway. A virgin birth is nuts. A guy walking on water, popping through the wall. My God in heaven, if your relatives don't think you're nuts, trust me, they do. Come on. This is all faith, man. So you got to trust faith, believe faith, walk in faith, don't deny faith, stay with faith, just be faith, and just do what I'm telling you to do. Just do it. Trust me. Trust me. Do it. Five minutes, ten minutes. Yeah, I ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll get you filled. And if you feel praying tongues. That's why I think I built that app. Come here. I didn't build it. Lauren did it. Five minutes a day. Why? Five minutes with PC. Why? Because I want you doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you got to do it. And if you don't do it, you know what you're going to do? I'm going to do it my way. Your way ain't going to work. <laughs> it ain't going to work. I'm telling you, man, everybody needs a coach. Don't mess around, get, man. Get a spiritual coach. Why do I want to figure it out anyway? Let, live through my pain and let me, mentorship saves you two things right off the jump, time and money. Because, man, you call somebody, oh, should I do this? They're like, no, don't do that. You're going to waste time, waste money. And time's expensive, man. You don't want to be jerking around with time. It's precious. So did you get that? So look what he says. We're going to keep reading. This is so good. So he said, he said and, he, and he, that's the Holy Spirit, searches the heart and knows what is in the mind of God. Okay? Did you get that? Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Ain't that good? So the Holy Ghost does like this. He checks in with God and said, hey, what do you want Ricky to do? And he comes down and says, hey, and he starts leading them. Because you don't know what to do. And this is the cool part. He goes, hey. He goes like this, Steve. He does this. He goes, he goes hey, God, what do you got for Steve? Gets the download for God that he wants you doing. And then goes in your heart and gets the download to you. And then figures where you and God don't line up and fixes it. And then gives you the brand new program of what he wants you to do. And gives you the words to pray it out. That's what happens. Did you, ever, did you understand that? This is why you go to church here. <laughs> that's why. So that's what he does. This is what God does. Because I'm cool with God. So what do you do, Holy Ghost? What do you do all day, Holy Ghost? Yeah, what's that mean, though? He interceded. He interceded. How did you intercede? He went into God, because he is God, and said, hey, God, what do you got for them? You. And he said, oh, cute. Okay, cool. Then he got the download from heaven. Then he searched you. He said, hey, what's in you that you want to do? Because I mean, you know, some of your desires aren't God's desires. That's why you can't get mad when something don't work out the way you thought it should. Some things don't need to work out the way you think it should and should work out the way God wants it to. That's why I don't get mad when you pray about it and it don't happen. Because not everything's the devil. You know what I'm saying? He don't, he don't, well, we pray for the job, we didn't get it. Then God's got a better one. Cut it out. Don't go somewhere that company might go in a tank. I don't know. Right? God. Download you, pulls your idea, puts it together, and goes, "Hey, where does this? Pay? You ever, you ever, you ever have like one of those those uh, connected dot sheets, and you put one on top of the other, and it shows you how to trace it out? God's got His plan, you got your plan. He puts it over a dot, and then He fills in the blanks. And where you're messed up, He moves it. Yeah. Well, I want to go do this, and God's like, "Nope," and draws another plan. Because how many of you know? He needs you to do what you've been assigned to do for the earth. That's why some of you can't, you can't find peace till you find your purpose. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I like, so look, keep going. He, that's what he did. Look, watch, you read right there. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. Everybody loves that scripture, right? That doesn't happen in your life unless you take care of 826 with praying in tongues. Otherwise, we don't know what's going to happen for your life. Not everything works out good. It only works out good if you're staying ahead of it, praying in the spirit. Because you could redirect your future. What do you mean redirect your future? You heard what I said. You redirect your future. You put the spiritual work in. God told me one summer, he said, you can stay six months ahead of your life if you'll pay, pay the price of prayer. I said, six months ahead of my life? He said, yeah. He said, I'll keep you six months ahead of everything going on if you'll pay the price in prayer. Praying in tongues. And everybody coming, well, you know, 
I don't know what I'm doing. You better figure out. Do it anyway. God rebuked me. I told you what he told me. He said, you know what your problem is? I said, this should be a long day. <laughs> he said, you want understanding. I didn't ask you for understanding. I need you just to be obedient. Just do it. But wouldn't you do that if you were mentoring somebody? Check it out, right? You run those companies. So you ran a company, right? I go to see him. He said, just do what I tell you to do, man. Don't think. Just flip and do what I tell you to do. Okay, I got you, bro. You go there, you got no problem. You go to God, now, you, now all of a sudden you're the architect of life. Cut it out, man. Just do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing all day long. Where you been, bro? Now all of a sudden you got to have, you know, whatever. Cut it out. Just get in there and put the work in. Now listen, that might be big. Go slow. Just start. God, help me. Okay, look. Because it's important, right? Right? According to his purpose. You got a purpose. You got a plan for your life. Amen? You want to know 27? Look at 27. I'll seal the deal right here. You can't argue with the word of God. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. You don't punch the Amazon guy face when he comes in their door. Oh, you're like, oh, yay, Amazon's here. Oh, Amazon. Amazon. I love Amazon. You know, they come ding dong. You're like, oh, Amazon's here. You got the app. Oh, he's dropping it off. He's around the corner. He's coming. I show up. You're like, I hate you, Pastor Chris. I just read Aaron Boy. Look, he, you reading this? It's the Bible. I love you guys. You're doing awesome. I'm setting the bar a little high because I got to swing the pendulum hard one way so you'll balance and go, well, I ain't putting, you know what you're going to do today? I got to start asking God more stuff. Thank you. I did my job. I got to invite God into more stuff. He'll teach, he'll, teach you, he'll teach you how to coach better, and you're a great coach. But he'll make, I'm telling you, man, this guy, the Holy Ghost, you'll build stuff. Man, he'll give you wisdom at work. We were on a job one time. He remembers this. Me and Pop, and we were working. I said, there ain't nobody could do this. There's nobody could do it. The one dude broke it, caused a big mess. It's a big nightmare. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. And I tried to do this, and I tried to do that, and I tried to do this, and I couldn't figure it out in my head. And I sat there, and I said, Holy Spirit, you got to help me here. I didn't even get the words out of my mouth. And he said, I'm telling you, it was, I didn't know what to do. He said, try that. Boy, it worked. They watched me do it. I watched myself do it. It was a radius. It was impossible to do it. The other guy broke the thing. It was a big mess. And I did it the way he told me. And I went to work. And I went to work, and I did it. I said, I can't believe this is working. It's almost stupid. I was like, I don't believe this is working right now. This is so stupid. It was so easy. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'll help you everywhere. Everything. The other day, I invited him into something. I said, I couldn't get this to work. I'm learning myself. I was like, this ain't working. You know what I said? I said, help me out. Three minutes later, it was done. Last time we were over there, how are we going to do this? Invite him in. He is wisdom. He's the most brilliant being that's ever been in the face of earth. You don't think he knows how to create something? He created the heavens and the earth, bro. God said light. He made it. And then put it in motion. God said, and he did. Come on, man. You know what kind of help you got? I don't know about him fixing my golf game. I'm believing though it can work. We're going to get out there. I promise. I really, I've been waiting on the Lord. I've been waiting on the Lord. Help me. Go straight. Go straight. Go straight. You know, they all got this weird, uh, you know, maybe it's the golf balls. That's what it is. Look at 27. And he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession according to the saints, according to the will of God. 
He searched it out. He knows what to do. Okay, so what is this intercession he does? He does this. The Christian has the help of the Holy Spirit to do this. He guides the believer and empowers them to make the right choices. So here's what he does. He helps me and he guides me and empowers me to make right choices. Write that down. So he helps me, but you got to yield. How many of you would not make the mistakes we make in life if we would just yield and check into God before we do it? How many words would I have not have said? Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. How much pain would I have not caused if I just went grab my tongue and held on a real thing right before I let rip? How good would I have done? Oh, my God in heaven. How good would it have been if I just would have listened, right? I remember one time I sat at this deal. I had this buddy of mine, and we were sitting in this business thing, and we are going to make money, you know, and we made a lot of money. Made like 20-something grand like in a month or two. And the minute I was getting ready to go sign up, I, I was like, I hear God on the inside. It looked like it was so solid. It was all legal. It was all stock stuff. It was all straight. And I go, and while I'm right there, I'm sitting there, and he goes, hey, you're gonna make, we're going to make money. I go, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to make money because he's my friend, right? And we, we made money. And right when I went to go sign up, he's like, in the inside, God's like, you're not going to make any money. (laughs) I said, but we're going to make money. It's right there. You're not going to make any money. I said, no, this is great. We're going to make money. First month, we made like 30 grand or something. Like, it was great. It was all good. And then then he was in love and stopped watching everything. And by the time I was done, when I went back, like four months later, I started, what I had was gone. I said, this is great. And then he felt so bad. He's like, I'm going to give you your side of it because I didn't manage it. So I came out free. But I was like, how do we not make money? I walked out the door and God's like, I told you. <laughs> and I'm going, like, man, God, right? You're so smart. <laughs> what a dummy, right? I'm like, wait, you dummy? Me. Like, he told you it wasn't going to work. Why would you sit there and think these are going to get different results just because it looks good? Right. Or just because it could. He knows what he's telling you. But you got to invite them in. Trust them. Trust them with everything. Trust them with the timing. Trust them with relationships. Invite them in. Think about the things you did good. Think about the things you didn't do. Think about the things you moved on and, and did make increase. Think about the decisions you made. Think about asking them. Invite 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 them. And when you think you've invited them, you haven't invited them enough because you got 1% talking and 9%, 99% in your noodle when you need to have 99% coming out of your mouth and 1% in your noodle of thinking. Because what are you doing? You got worry in your head. You got care in your head. You got fret in your head. You got the kids in your head. You got your marriage in your head. You got this in your head. You got your spouse in your head. You got that. You got where am I going to go? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to retire? Blah, 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 blah. Work drama, home drama, life drama, family drama, this drama, that drama, 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 drama. And you sit there all day long. And you're like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Bless me now and bless me later. Some goofy prayer that doesn't do anything. Stop. 99%. Hey, when it comes in, hey, how, how's this marriage going to work? Simple. Hey, God, I'm inviting you to come on into marriage. Show me how to be the husband I'm supposed to be. Hey, God, I'm inviting you in. See, because this way, yielded life is the best life you could possibly live. Why is that? Because remember this. What, God's got a plan that's better than your plan. The word translate, translated help has a, a complex meaning. This is what it means. To, it means the Holy Ghost takes hold of it. So when it says, hey, he's the helper, that means he comes in and takes hold of it. What does the Holy Spirit need to come into your life and take hold of? 
you let them in, baby. <laughs> but you got to let them in. You know, hey, come take hold of my thought life. That, the word help means come in and take hold of. So what do you want the Holy Spirit to come in and take hold of? So you got to invite him in, though. You know what I'm saying? So when you know you're in that spot, hey, come on in and take hold of this thing. Because I can't do it on my own. See, this is the problem. You're supposed to be so strong. No, man. You're human. But you have the ability to be superhuman if you let the what? The Holy Spirit come in. But you got to invite him. Remember last week? Man, I'm walking around like Clark Kent. Just nobody knows it. They just see Superman. I'm freaking out sometimes. Like, in the early days, I was really freaking out. Now, you're kind of like, you know, you can almost get too comfortable because that's why I got to stretch the vision because I'll get comfortable. But I thought about that time. I went back to that story. I was freaking out, man. There's thousands of people in this room. Last, last week when I told you that, there was thousands of people in there. They're all looking at me like, what are you going to do? I was like, Jesus, good God. I don't, what, are, I don't, what are we going to do? I was like, I was praying to God somebody was going to pop. I thought Reinhardt Bunky was going to pop out through the curtain or something and save the day. I was really looking for Benny Hinn. I was like, dear brother, what do you feel on you, brother? What do you feel? I got the white jacket there. What do you feel on you, brother? What do you feel on you? Remember Benny used to do it. What do you feel on you? Touch. What do you feel on your brother? I was like, if Benny don't pop out back there, bro. They put me in this grand poobah chair. It was like 12 foot high. I was so lost. Keith, I was so lost in that chair. It was embarrassing. The chair was 12 feet high. I sat in it, and it was 12 foot above me with this dingly dangling stuff. And they were playing all this crazy music. I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm a long way from Lodi, baby. That's all I kept thinking. I was like, this is weird out. And they're looking at me like, and now here comes the great evangelist. I was like, where's the great evangelist? <laughs> Freaking out, coach. I'm losing it. I'm like, there's thousands of people here. We're going to go to jail, bro. We ain't supposed to be here. Paul, they tell me on the plane ride. They tell me on the plane ride going there. This will help you more than the, the, the sermon. Right? They tell me there, you do not say what you're doing here. This is illegal. I said, it's illegal. Why are we doing it? Well, you're not really supposed to be preaching, but we could preach, but you got to lay low. I'm like, all right, lay low. Okay, I get on the plane. <laughs> so everybody asks you, where do you go on a plane? What does the guy next to you ask you? Where are you going? I'm like, we're businessmen. <laughs> I must have been so stupid. I was like, we're businessmen going on business. I was like, do we really have a business meeting? They're like, yeah, we're going to talk to business guys. I was like, okay, good. I'm not lying. I'm like, oh, my God. Businessmen. Get on one connector, go to the other one. What are you doing? We're businessmen. We're here on business. <laughs> this is a God's honest truth. Did I ever tell you this whole story? Oh, my God, you're going to laugh. We're businessmen. We're going on business. Everybody asks them, we go, businessman, we're going on business. We're not supposed to tell nobody we're here. Businessman, we're going on business. I get off the plane. Dennis, no exaggeration. I get off the plane, and I go walking, and this guy shows up. This guy, Eb, shows up. I'm like, hey, Eb, how you doing? We get our bags. We walk, and there's a minivan with my face plastered on it and him. And I go, bro, we have corsages on. That was the picture from your wedding, bro. What the heck is going on here? I'm not kidding. I'm not even stretching, dude. There we are, two dipsticks, like, hey, and we're plastered all over the side of the bus that's taking us to the place. But we're businessmen, and we're not supposed to say nothing. I'm like, bro, that's my face and your face on the side of the thing. Where are we going? Oh, it's worse. We're driving in the car like driving down Ridgewood. And I go, bro, our face is on the wall everywhere you go. They poster board it. They glue them and stick them on the wall. Yeah, you're looking at it. 
and all this writing that I don't know what it says. I don't even want to know. Right now I'm so mad. Oh, it gets better. Hey, look what we got. Turn the corner and there is a billboard right there. Not a small billboard. A billboard like we got here, billboard. And there we are, dumb and dumber with the corsages on, going, what does it say? It's got all this crazy writing in Tamil. And I go, what does that say? What does that saying? What is all that? It's, oh, it's great. Bring the blind, bring the deaf, bring the crippled, and bring the demon-possessed for the great meeting at the thing over here at the Civic Center. Because here they are, the men of God. I'm going, bro, I hope you know how to get out of this because I've got 10 minutes. That's all you told me. Get up, get saved, and everybody go home, go to heaven, and I'm out of here. Great. Let's go. It's 120 degrees everywhere you go. And I'm going, okay, we get to the meeting, packed out, total day. And then they're done. Eight minutes in, they're, they're all quit. <laughs> I'm sitting in this grand poobah chair thinking, what am I doing? What is going on? And now it's your turn. I'm freaking out. I told you, but nobody knows it. So what are you going to do? You going to go home? Yeah, amen. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Here he comes. I'm like, <laughs> the Holy Ghost pops out through this curtain, bro. We're done. <laughs> I'm scared, bro. <laughs> and then 5,000 people just, Here he is. I'm like, please, please, please. All I could hear in my head was, dear brother. I was like, oh, come, buddy, come. What are you going to do? Three steps. God said, three steps, you'll either figure out whether you're going to make it or not. I said, what do you mean? He said this to me. He said, three steps, you're going over or you're going under. So I think we're going under. I swear to you, that's what he said. And he said, he said, three steps, we're either going over or you're going under, and it's up to you what happens. But you got to decide in those three steps. Knees are knocking, sweat. I sweat so bad. <sighs> Look like somebody opened a faucet. I was sweating where I didn't know you could sweat, bro. Dripping in sweat. Why? Because this is, this is a lot. Every, all that pressure, boom, just hits you. And the devil's standing there going, you're done. You lose and I win. So, sorry. That's a long plane ride home and I ain't going out like that. Let's just go for it. And you stand there, weak as we can be, but nobody knows it. They brought a lady that was so messed up, I don't even want to tell you she was messed up. They brought her on the platform. I said, I pray to God they don't even bring her up here. Leave her down there. Don't bring her near me. <laughs> Hair on my neck was standing up. I was freaking out. And when she seen me and I seen her and she started moving back, I said, what does she see that I don't know? He said, she sees me. She sees Neil pierced hands in a blood-stained banner. She don't see you no more. You're in a different world now, buddy. You want to talk about going to another place? Because you, you don't know who's for you in certain seasons. Because you just feel the pressure of the moments. Trust me, he's with you. Even when you don't feel it. And he's moving on your behalf. But you got you to gotta trust him where you can't trace him. Because you can't see him. He's invisible, but he's there. You got to trust you heard him when nobody else hears him. You got to move towards it even when nobody knows. How'd it work out? Worked out great. I got up there and I, I said the name of Jesus. Amen. Place went nuts. 
I said, the name of Je- I said, Jesus. Everybody went crazy. Jesus. Everything went crazy. All the demon-possessed people went, rah, they went nuts. I was like, in the mighty name of Jesus. They flopped around like fish. I said, glory to God, I'm on to something here. I just kept, I said, his name is Jesus. Boom, they went nuts. I said, glory to God. Next thing, he shifted and moving and happening. Why? Because God wants you to invite him into your moments. But you got to trust him with no visual understanding that he's there. He's invisible. He's not audible. He doesn't meet your senses. You got to take those three steps and trust he's going to be there. You don't feel it. Did it change when you decide? No, nothing changed. It got worse. But he showed up. You see what I'm saying? You got to trust it's there. Even when you're in places, you don't know, you got to believe he's there. Even when you can't see him. Even when you don't feel him. You got to believe it can happen. Why? Because that's who he is. Look what he says. He said, Bring me in and let me take hold of it. Jesus, good God. Look at this. You pull that up. So what then? Should we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that whom you yield yourself to is who you become the servant of? Did you know that? That's what he's saying. He's saying if you come in and yield yourself over to sin, you're trapped in the law. But if you yield over to righteousness, you can be free. Obedience and the righteousness. Now look at 17. Just keep going. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin. What? But God be thanked that you were what? The servants of sin. But you have now obeyed from the heart that former doctrine which is delivered to you. And what? Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Ain't that good news? You're the servant of righteousness now. Now watch 19. He tells you this. I speak after the manner of men because of the weakness of your flesh. For you, ever you yield yourself members to, whether in uncleanness and iniquity, even so now yield your members to righteousness and holiness. That's what he's saying. He's saying, where are you yielding? So look at that. He's saying this, flesh, like meaning, you know what I mean by yield? Yield means who you following. If you just follow your flesh, you're, you're stuck. But if you try to go after the things of the Spirit of God, try to walk in love, Try to speak good. Try to go towards a, right? The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin. He didn't say you're going to be perfect. See, righteousness, why is God so free with mankind in the arena of sin? Because as long as you walk after the spirit, you're free from sin. Does that make sense? Walk after the things you know to do. Now, if you don't know what to do, walk after it anyway. Well, you better get that now. Walk after the things of the spirit of God. Is that you, you getting this? What you yield your members to is what you're going to serve. That's your body. Are you yielding to God or are you yielding to whatever crazy idea comes in your head? He's here to help you. Come on, man. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.9. Are you pulling that? Does that make sense? Yielding. You know what yield means? Subjecting your own opinion. So if you subject your own opinion and take God's opinion, you're going to crank in life. Does that make sense? I ain't picking my own opinion. I'm laying my opinion down. That's what pride is. See, people don't know what pride is. People say, well, that's you prideful. Most people that call you prideful don't even know what pride is. You know what pride is? You elevate your opinion above God's. That's pride. How many people see that? So you know what? And you know what's funny about people that always call you about being prideful? You, you, got, you got pride in you. They're the most prideful people you've ever seen in their life because they don't even know what pride is. Pride is you elevate. When you don't walk in love, you're prideful. When you don't show somebody mercy, you're being prideful. 
When you don't want, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, no, pride is when you stiff your upper lip and say no. No, pride is when you what? Disobey the commandments of God, his word. That's pride. When I elevate, why? You know what? You know who's prideful? People that say, I don't pray in tongues. You full of pride. That's pride. You've elevated your opinion above God's. So you prideful. Boy, religious people would love this sermon, wouldn't they? Well, we don't believe in none of that. You don't believe in healing, you're prideful. You don't believe in walking in love, you're prideful. You don't believe in this, you're full of pride, and it ain't right. What do people say pride is? Pride is when you know you elevate yourself and you think you're holier than thou. No, that's not pride. Pride is what? Elevating your opinion above God's. Well, I don't think I have to do that. You're full of pride. I don't have to walk in love. You're prideful. I don't, I'm not going to forgive. You're full of pride. How's that working out? And then they all want to label you. They don't know what they're talking about. And then they get, and then, then they, well, that's hypocrisy. You're the biggest hypocrite walking. Because you don't want to do none of what God said, but you want to hold everybody else to the standard of what he said, but you don't even do it yourself, but you're going to tell everybody they're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yes and amen. Look at this. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of them. Come on. What? The heart of man. What? Uh, the things which God had prepared for them that love him. And you love God. You love God. You ain't got to love God. I don't love God. You saved? You saved? Then you love God. You saved? You going to heaven? Then you love God. So you love God. I don't care about your church attendance. I don't care about none of that. Reading your Bible business. That's all good. You should do that for your spiritual bit. But he's not saying, you love me based upon all this stuff. You know what Jesus said love me means? Obey me. When Jesus says love, you know how people just say, I love. You know, you know what love is to God? Obedience. If you obey God, you love God. If you don't obey God, you got to work on your love walk. I told God one time, I said, I don't love you. Yeah, I did, straight up to his face. Yeah, because I ain't obeying you there, and I'm okay with it, and you are too. See, people lie to God and want to lie in their relationship, and that's why it's stupid. Cut it out. Say, do you love me? Then obey me. I ain't obeying you over there. I'm doing what I want to do over there, and I don't love you in that area, and we can work on it, but I'm not going to be straight because you already know my heart. Why are you trying to lie to God? He knows your heart for crying out loud. You're over there trying to say, oh, I'm so blessed. I'm holy. God knows your heart. Cut it out. Be like, God, I don't even know what you're doing. I want to know what you did last week because you look a little late. Let's go. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Okay. See, okay. Walk in love. I ain't walking in love with that clown. Me and, you are, me and you are all right for a moment. Give me some time. Let me get back to you on that. But I'm going to get there. But stop. Why? Come on, man. Work your relationship. Yeah, God, I'm getting better at this. I'll forgive him by spite. Can we, would that be good? I'm going to forgive them because they're a tool, and I'm just going to bless them and leave them alone, and you deal with them. I don't know. You made some real peculiar people. That's on you. You made them. That's your problem. I didn't create them. Whatever. You don't know what he's got prepared for you. Look at the next verse, Ted. But God had revealed them to us by his spirit. See, the Holy Spirit knows. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So that Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and trying to bring them to you and get them in your head. Look at 11. We're going to go all the way down. For a man knows the things of man, save the Spirit of man. You know what that means? He knows God and he knows you. And he knows you better than you know you. 
and he knows where you're weak, and he knows where you're strong, and he knows what you need, and he's here to help you. Even so, the things which God knows, no man. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God knows them. He's saying the Holy Ghost knows. You're hardwired for success. He knows what's in you. He knows what's in God. He knows what God wants, and he knows what you need, and he knows what you lack, and he knows where you got to go, and we over here trying to do life autopilot when we got the greatest helper the earth's ever seen living inside of you, but you're going to do it on your own? Stop it. Cut it out. Let him in. Look at 12, because 12 is getting it. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might freely know the things which are freely given to us from God. Read that over. He's saying, you got it. And he's telling you what God has freely given you. Look, it gets better. Keep going. We're going to go all the way to 16. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teach. There's that in tongues again. Now you got to sit in there. Now that's revelation knowledge. See, I got you now. Read it. Okay, I'll get out the way. You read the Bible. You come over here. I'm so tan, you can't even see me. Look at my teeth. I'm going to work on it, too. I, I got I to gotta get some vitamin D. You people wearing me out. Which things also we speak. You reading this? This is Bible teaching. This is like Bible study. Not in words which man wisdom teach. Well, what words does man wisdom teach? Normal, natural words. But which the Holy Ghost teaches. Compare spiritual things with spiritual. Where do you get those words which man don't teach? You found a language mankind has known not of. Come on, keep going. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? That's a foolish to him. He ain't receiving that. He's like, man, you kidding me. What's that all about? Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. He's unspiritual, that man. Who wants to be a spiritual person? 16. Oh, yeah, you got that. But he that is spiritual judge all things, yet himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? You can't tell God what to do, but we got the mind of Christ. How many got the mind of Christ? Everybody in the room got the mind of Christ, but you better make sure your mind sync with his mind and the decisions you make. Otherwise, you're going to have your mind, and your mind ain't too there. You know what I'm saying by that? You know what I mean by that? If you don't surrender your mind to God's mind, we're going to get what you want. And what you want might not be what God wants. So you better off getting God's mind on everything and check in. You know what I'm saying? Because you might think you want it and get it and not want it. It's too late. You know what I'm saying? Stay on this day. So here's the last thing I'm going to leave you with. You all right today? You know what I'm saying? Because you got to invite them in. Guys all look at me like, oh, great. It's real helping me, Pastor Chris. I'm really happy you preached this today. Now that I know I gotta let God in, kind of nervous, kind of getting scared. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yay! Praise the Lord. Here you go. Let me give you this one. This, this will help you. Go to First Peter five and six. We'll read five six through through eleven, and I'll help you. First Peter five six says, "Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time." First Peter five six. You guys get something out of this? Yeah. You know, He's downloading while I'm talking. You know what I'm saying? You need this. Like, you need it. Like, I don't check in enough. A lot of you don't. You know what a lot of you do? I'm going to. Let me, let me go over here because I'm going to meddle. <laughs> this way, nobody will be like, oh, God, he's talking to me. I'm not talking to none of you. But what you do is you do this. You lie internally 
and try to get approval for stuff you want to do, even though God don't want you to do it. That's just what it is. Because you don't like no. Is that okay? Are we good? Care with that? Can we all take it? You got your big boy pants on? You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to get around it but because I'm going to lie to myself and make myself think it's okay when all the while you know God's telling you it's not okay, but you're lying to yourself and you're liking it. Because <laughs> people don't really want the truth sometimes. They want you to agree with what they want to hear. So people that want to grow, what do they do? They go, bump it. Let's grow. Tell me, what I, tell me what I need to do, because when I find out what I need to do, I'll know where to go, and when I know where to go, my life will be easier. Is that okay? So you're better off doing this. Instead of lying to yourself, do this. Just say, I'm going to go do it. Because you don't want to get so self-deceived. You get so familiar with lying to yourself, you convince yourself to go down a road you don't want to go. Just be like, bump it. I'm just going to go do it anyway. Even though I know it's wrong, God, I'm going to go for it. Matter of fact, God, try to bless this, can you? <laughs> it might help get you out. You know what I'm saying? Because where you're at right now, it ain't going to help. You know, you, you be like, well, you know what? Well, I'm not going to forgive. But here's the reason why I'm not going to forgive. I got justified reasons why I don't have to forgive. You can't find it. So I get it. I understand it's not fair because there's crazy people in the world. But you know what I'm saying? You can't get around it. So you got to figure out how to forgive. By faith. See what I'm saying? Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. Don't go to that place where you hear God speaking and you shut him down. The volume becomes so low, you can't hear him no more. And now you need God in somewhere else, but you gave it up in this arena because you shut that voice down so low, you can't hear nothing. You ever do that on your phone? You ever get your phone and like something's coming through and you put it so low that you, you can't even hear the next time somebody calls and the conversation you want to hear? Your, your, your volume is down so low, you can't hear the important phone call because I shut it down so low for that goofy phone call. Now I can't hear what I'm supposed to hear, but I shut it down so low, now I don't hear. Leave the volume up. Look, here's the thing. If he knows what's in me and what's in God and he's leading me where God wants me to be, why in the world would I not want to be where God wants me? Don't you think he knows better than I know? There you go. That's it. Simple. Read this. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. You got to get these cares off of you, man. The Holy Spirit is the care caster. Okay, let's say it like this. I, thank you, Lord. That's how I hear it. You are the care caster. He's the care carrier. Write that down. You're the care caster. He's the care carrier. He'll carry, hold on to what you give him. So if you say, here, he'll take it. But if you don't cast it, he can't take what you don't give him. So give it to him. And don't pick it back up. And when you try to go back there, don't go back there. Don't go back. Say, I gave it to God. Well, you, better, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the first thing we want to do? We give it to God. Then we want to give God instructions on how to take care of it. <laughs> right? Like, God, here, you can take this. But I, this is what I would do. If I was you, not saying I'm you, this is how I would do it. Don't we do that with God? Don't you do that with God? You know what I'm saying? Like, God, I, I understand you're God. I know you built the heavens and the earth, but let me tell you how to really do this. <laughs> do it this way. It might work. God, you know what? I've been dealing with these people for a long time. I know how they think. Not that you're not understanding. Let me just tell you what I would do if I was you. Stop it. Leave it alone. Look what it says. Right? 
Be sober, be vigilant, because you got an adversary. He's roaring around like a roaring lion, seeking to be made devout. We understand that, but watch nine. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accompanied in your brethren that are in the world. Right? You know that pressures. Now watch that. Now ten's big. But the God of grace, who hath called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. Nobody likes that. I don't want to, what do you mean, whoa, 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 lose the suffer. Now, suffer doesn't mean you're going to get pummeled. It just means you got to hang on to the truth and walk through some pain. Does that make sense? Because holding on, it's ceasing from sin. And if you're going to cease from sin, you got to what? Hang on to God. After you suffer a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. Ain't that good? Ain't that good? How many you want, maybe look it up in the Passion, see what that thing says, but leave that up there for a minute while you find it. If it's only good, Ange, that one or Amplified, or give me something that I like that I'm going to like about suffering. Now, who wants to be perfect? Who wants to be established? Who wants to be strengthened? And who wants to be settled? Who wants that? You know what I mean? Perfect meaning like not perfect in everything you do, but you're like kind of like, I'm okay, I'm at peace right now in the moment. Who wants to be perfect? Who wants to be established? Who wants to be strengthened and who wants to be settled? Everybody in the room, right? Then that means what? After we what? We suffer. Now, my definition of suffer is you cease from sin. You got anything up there that looks pretty good? Got something to passion? There you go. Boom, I like that. Hey, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only one plunged into these hard times. It's the same with all Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this what? Generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, the eternal and glorious plans, they are. We'll have you what? We will have you put together on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. And that sound good? So just chill. Right? You can play. I might be walking through. You want to see that up there? You want to leave it up there? Leave it up here so they can get it. You want a snapshot? Did you get it? Got it. Good. Right? No, ain't that good? Yeah, yeah man. All right. I'm going to have to go through. But the suffering isn't like getting pummeled. Is that okay? Yeah, right. Do you understand that? It's like, hey, I'm holding on to letting go. I got to hang on to God. Trust is going to come through. Did you hear what I just said? That was powerful. I got to hang on to letting go. I just let it go. I cast my care. I can't do nothing about it no more. Now I got to hang on to God. I trust him. I got to hang on that God's got it. Hang on. Suffer through the want to go do more. So let God get in and let God have it. Is that all right? Now you got to find it. So last week we know he's what? He's comforting me. This week we know he comforts you in everything. How many of you really leaned on that? He sympathizes with my human frailty. Ain't that good? Now he's the helper. Did you invite him in? Come on in, Jesus. Come on, let's practice. Stand on your feet. Say, come on in. Come on, let him in. If somebody rang your doorbell, you can't let them in unless you open the door. You know what I'm saying, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, let them in. Have you invited them in? You got to invite them into your drama. You got to invite them into good, the bad, the up, the down. Have you invited them into your marriage? Have you invited them into your parenting? He's a gentleman. He don't just take place. Come on in here. Come on in this thing. Invite them in, in everything you do. 
Invite them into your relationships. God, I invite you into this relationship. Why not? I'm going to tell you right now. Invite them into relationships with difficult people. We don't do enough talking. 99% of this thinking, 1% of the talking. Let's get 1% of the mind dealing and 90% of the what? Talking out of your mouth. Thank you for helping me with that and leave it alone. Thank you for helping I bet you he starts moving a lot faster than we've seen him move. And if I know anything, it's places of prayer. That's all they are. All right, lift your hands to heaven. Say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. Every area of it. Quicken me supernaturally to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ask or think. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, come on in. Every area of my life. Nothing is off limits to you. I'm inviting you in. Have your will and have your way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together. You did great. Hey, don't forget, Wednesday night, Wednesday and Thursday night this week, we're live here. Okay, you can watch online, but we're live, 7 o'clock. I'm going to be having this Holy Spirit Summit. I'm going to be talking about the things of the Spirit of God. Now, already I know when my notes are a little bit like, eh, they're good, but I'm like, eh, there's a lot of room. That means there's a lot of demonstration. So just come. I don't know what to expect. Just come ready. But it ain't going to be weird, but it's going to be God. So you want to come and learn more about the Holy Ghost, come, and we'll see what he wants to do. But I'm ready to go somewhere, man. I've really been feeling that, like, I'm ready to let him be God. You know what I mean? So let's let him be God. And if you come Wednesday and Thursday, set time aside. You come 7 o'clock. It's going to be good. We'll hang out after for a little bit. But I want you to get ready for this. If you can't be here live, which I understand, you know, nighttime and driving and all that sometimes, that's okay. Stay, stay home, but watch it. And don't be doing 9,000 things while you're watching it. You know what I mean? Like you doing laundry and watching. Nah, this ain't that. You got to be paying attention. Like sit there and just really lean in and glean and pull this up for you. Because somebody, you know, one word from the Holy Spirit changed your life forever. You know what I'm saying? And then be getting those meetings like that. And I think it's going to be one of those kind of meetings, you know, where God comes in, he just does it. I remember being like at Winter Bible. I'm not going to say it's like Winter Bible. It might be like Winter Bible. But, you know, you just felt the Holy Spirit and you know something happens in your life from the atmosphere. You know? You know what I mean? So atmosphere means a lot with God. So you might get, you know, it rubs off. You know? So come on. You ever go to like, a, you ever go where someone had a bonfire? And you go home, you smell like smoke? Clothes stink like smoke? You got to wash them jokers. It ain't coming out. That's what happens. You ever go around? You get around me, you go to a clone shop. I smell like everything, man, for a week. I spray it all on me, man. I got a shirt. You know, you ever like take your shirt off and leave it for a minute or something and you go back and like, man, what's that smell? It's that shirt. It's got the scent from being in the atmosphere. That's what happens with God. He's an aroma. The Bible says that things we do in the earth bring an aroma to heaven. And it, it's, you can't smell it, but heaven can smell it. He says your prayers are like incense. You know what I'm saying? So atmosphere has a lot to do. You come in a room, man, you just pick it up. It gets on you. It's like tangible. It's like you don't see it. You can't feel it. But it, this is how God works. It's like an aroma. And heaven gets on you. When heaven gets on you, you change. Sometimes it's not as much as what you hear, but what gets imparted from an atmosphere. And you can get it through that thing. That machine will work too, because if you're hungry, it'll work. But you can't be, you can't be distracted. Because God does not allow distraction. I'm telling you, God don't like distraction, man. He's, a very or, he's in the order. But you cannot allow distraction to come in when you're in that atmosphere. 
because he's very sensitive to that. He'll leave. You know what I'm saying? He will. He doesn't like, he doesn't fight for your attention and atmosphere. He won't do it. He's more sensitive than we think he is. Yeah, because if I go wrong way, I know when he leaves. He lifts more than leaves. He lifts. Like I'll get it right. Like I went somewhere. I went. Uh, I had. A, I went on a road trip. I'll tell you this because you'll learn something. I went to. I went to Cleveland to go see Brother Norval. I went to go see Bishop Bruton, and I went somewhere else. And I came home. I think I went to Atlanta. And before I left for the journey, the Holy Spirit said, "I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be fast. And I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be fast. And I'm going to be moving." I said, "What does that mean?" I missed him the first meeting. He was quick. I missed it. I missed my opportunity to yield. I get to South Carolina. I was so ready for him. The kid played a song. He was like, ben, nah, 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 nah. Ben, nah, nah. I said, just play that key over and over and over. Don't stop. Like that. Just play that. And you start. It becomes tangible. You pull his presence. I said, just play it. And power got hit the place. I didn't preach. We tapped in. You just go to heaven. You just gotta like you gotta know how to get it. It's there. Watch, I can do it. You just got what are you doing when you're doing this? You're you're moving. And you grab it. And you gotta be willing to let pressure not move you, but move it. And his presence will show up. Then you got to be willing. See, you got to have somebody who knows how to get there or you can't get there. I can get there. Not because I'm bragging, but I can get there. Because I know what it takes. It takes, it takes public humiliation. So you got to be around somebody that doesn't care anymore what you think about me. It's the greatest day of your life. Because i got to be able to stand here and have all you look at me and think like, what the world? And just, just pull it. And it'll show up. And his presence. And when his presence shows up, he'll meet your needs because he's going to speak to your heart. That's why you go there. You don't go there for theatrics and all that stuff. You go there because people got to hear from heaven. They don't need to hear from you. And if I don't get him to show up, you ain't going to hear. So what do I care about me? If I care about you, I don't care about me. So we press beyond the veil and grab his presence. So you leave here with something. So we'll do that on Wednesday and Sunday, all week. We'll go Wednesday, Thursday, and we'll slide right in. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven because he's here for some of you right now. Let's let those burdens be lifted off of you right now in Jesus' name. Let those weights be released off of you right now. You won't cast care, and you ain't going to have to have concern because he cares for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let the Holy Spirit become so real to us. We cannot, we cannot even deny it when he shows up in our life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to see you on Wednesday and Thursday. Amen. 7 o'clock. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.